Joseph. <laughs> need to put that sword down. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Okay, hold on. I gotta get this going. Everybody, when you get started, in just a second. Okay, y'all. Um, let's get started. Oh, let me see these pins. Scoot, scoot over here. Okay, so that camera is on right there. Can you say hi? Hi. There's 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 some people watching us. I don't I don't know who. <laughs> Wait, it, it's 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 us. He's 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 talking to me. He's making crazy man. Um. So this is our. Uh, my first live video so we're kind of figuring things out as we go so if there's a, a, a few technical difficulties we'll try to get those ironed out before too long but um, so if you're unsure about what you're watching uh, my name is Ryan Bush I'm the president of International Church Planters um, and I'm here today to share a bit about family worship about regular family worship uh, in your home with your wife and your children how to go about it, uh, what are the benefits of it, why do we do it. Um, so today we're going to start out with um, you seeing a bit of, of my family. Now I'm married and I have five children. These two guys right here are uh, my youngest. This is Seth. Seth, how old are you, buddy? Three. Three? That's right. Good job, buddy. And uh, this is Simeon, and Simeon is six, six years old. You want to be four? Yeah. Okay, you will be soon. Very soon. Um, so, uh, after these two, I've got three more um, kiddos, and you, you'll probably see them in and out a little bit today. So, my goal today is for this to, to last, well, for me to do some teaching for, for a little while, 20 to 30 minutes, and then a time of uh, just interaction and questions. Um, that is, if, if there are any questions. So what I'd like you to do is, if you have a question or a comment, maybe um, maybe a resource that you'd like to share, just put it in the comments. I'm going to have my daughter in here in a minute helping me to see those so I can answer them and, and mention those as we go along. And we'll do that on the second half of our, of our time today. Now, um, I usually would do something like this in my office, um, my home office. This is, I'm in my living space here in my home. But um, because it's, <laughs> the subject is family worship, it, it made sense to me to do this among my family. Now what that means is that there might be a bit of, a little bit of chaos, a little bit of disruption. I hope that that doesn't bother you. I actually hope that enhances um, our time today. Um, just over here, off camera, there's a big table. It's full of home homeschool stuff. Where my kids have been have been doing homeschool this morning, and my son Samuel, he's right over here. He's working on something. What are you working on, Samuel? Math. He's he's doing he's working on math. Everyone's favorite subject. He's just looking at us. <laughs> right now, he's just staring at us. Um, he, he's just looking at us. So um, anyway, you'll see my family in and out, and. Um, it's just a part of family worship. And in fact, uh, doing times of family worship is um, involves um, a little I bit of chaos. You are Seth Andrew Bush. It involves a little bit of chaos. Like this guy right here, he brings some spice to times of family worship. And a part of doing family worship effectively is knowing how to knowing how to manage and, and deal with those sorts of distractions. So what I thought I'd do today to start out with is to encourage you with um, 
what these two little guys have been learning. Um, because a, a major obstacle for family worship many times is um, the, the, just the presence of little ones, little kiddos. Okay, don't, don't, don't stab the people. <laughs> the presence of uh, little guys like this who, who really in some ways can make family worship hard if, if we have the wrong expectations and if we don't uh, plan and manage those sorts of things. And, and it is a hard issue as well. What, what are we really trying to accomplish when we do family worship? Um, so one, one of the things that I do to, to help, uh, help my little ones get ready for times of family worship is at night, before they go to bed, these two guys share a room. Um, when they go to bed, they go through some catechism questions. That's part of our, our bedtime routine. We pray together, we do catechism questions, and uh, we'll sing a song or two together. So I just want, I'm going to give them a chance to answer some questions, and if, they, if they'd like, we'll sing, we'll sing a verse as well. And um, this is meant to be an encouragement to you, that, that your little ones, um, even as young as three, and um, he was learning these when he was two, can, can be, begin to pick up on um, music, on how to pray, on catechism questions, all things that they can do along with the family. Um, it does take time, but... Uh, it is a it's a fruitful fruitful effort. So, um, guys, you are you ready? Yeah. You want to answer some questions? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's see. All right. Let's start at the very beginning, buddy. Daddy, this is not getting good. Uh oh. You got a little boo boo. Let me see. <gasps> Let me kiss it. Let me kiss it. No. <laughs> okay. Number one. You ready? Who made you? I'm Good. What else did God make? All things. Very good. Why did God make you and all things? How can you glorify God? Well, that's number five, but you can glorify God by loving Him and doing what? Doing what He commands. Very good. Um, Seth, why ought you to glorify God? Be- because He made me. Because He made me and care me. Good job, buddy. Are there more gods than one? No, there's only one God. Good. In how many persons does this one true God exist? Three persons. Who are they? The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Very good. All right, Simeon, you want to try some now? Yeah, you're talking to Okay. Simeon, um, who is God? God is a spirit that does not have a body in it. Very good. Yeah, here's yours, Seth. Where is God? He's always. Good. Um, Seth, can you see God? Very good. Um, Simeon, does God know all things? Yes, he can. Well, yes, nothing can, can be hidden from God. Very good. Um, can God do all things? Yes, God can do all His holy will. Very good. Where do you learn to love and obey God? In the Bible. Yeah. Very good, buddy. Um, who wrote the Bible? Holy man that taught by the Holy Spirit. Seth, who were our... F- Seth, hey, buddy. Seth. Who were our first parents? Adam. No, Adam. Adam and Eve. That's right. Eve tackled. Eve is even in Sophia's room. Eve is, yeah, Eve our cat is in Sophia's room. All right, Simeon, of what were our first parents made? God made the body of Adam out of the ground and formed Eve out of the body of Adam. Very good. Okay, excellent job, guys. Um, do you do y'all want to sing a song to finish? Yeah. I don't want to sing a song. <laughs> what song do you want to sing? Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Yeah. Okay. Let's sing the first verse of Jesus loves me. Okay. You ready? Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong. They are weak, but He is strong.
loves me. The Bible tells me so. Good job. Um, do you want Do you want to pray to finish our yeah. time? Seth, do you want to pray? Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead, buddy. Let's pray. Thank you, Molly and my dad and Molly and Dad too. and she when she's in here, she must robot and she and so why are you doing that? <laughs> okay, all right, guys. Y'all go play for a little bit. Simeon, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you helping. Okay, um, so, no. that's fun, that's good right there. All right, um, so, I hope that that was a helpful example um, of what can be accomplished, even with, with little ones. Um, now, I, I know that Seth, um, the little guy here, uh, much of what he said and repeated from the catechism he doesn't have a good idea, or definitely not the full picture. But um, the road to a full picture starts with little tiny baby steps. So uh, I, I try to teach him um, and all of my kids these things um, so that they will come to understand and know uh, these truths over time. Now, uh, go ahead. My daughter Sophia is going to join us here, and uh, she's going to help me manage um, any comments or questions that, that might come up. Um, I, I have had, since I started, an emphasis on family worship and sharing with, with, um, with our students in, in Kenya and uh, South America and even with folks here in the United States. I have had some pushback from people I, that I actually... I didn't even know, but they just they saw a post that was shared or, or um, came across it, uh, and ha have had some um, really some ugly comments and some negative feedback uh, somewhere along the lines of that that this is some sort of brainwashing or some sort of um, forcing uh, my children into something that they should be able to choose for themselves. Um, it's certainly not uh, my intention or any genuine Christian's intention uh, to brainwash anyone or to force anyone into a certain uh, set of beliefs or system. But as a, um, as a person who believes that the Bible is uh, our standard and our rule, um, I believe that it is my responsibility, it's my duty to teach my children about the one true and living God to do it with gentleness, to do it with mercy, compassion, and consistency, and uh, to teach them from a very early age who it is that made them, who it is that is their provider and their sustainer. So uh, to me, to teach a very young child, even before they can really understand, to teach them um, scripture, to teach them catechism questions and songs is... Uh, a very precious and beautiful thing. I encourage you to start with your children um, as soon as you learn that they're in the womb. Teach them songs. Um, read scripture to them. Uh, the Lord uses that in, in, in people's lives. It will, he'll use that in your children's lives. All right. Um, so I, I want to share a few points with you about the foundation of family worship and um, some uh, some arguments for it, some biblical basis, and also some practical things. Uh, but, but before I jump into that, let me just mention again, some of you might be just coming in now. My name is Ryan Bush, and I, uh, I'm the president of Didache Institutes. And this, this video, this, this um, session today is all about family worship. Um, how to do it, why to do it, what the Bible says, what church people in church history have said, and um, some practical helps on how to do that. If you have any questions or comments or any resources that you'd like to share that you think could be helpful for other viewers, uh, just write them in the, con in the comment section that other people can see that, and also that as I see them, I can mention them. Um, if, if you have a question, uh, I, I do want to get to those. We'll do it after I, I share a few points. Again, just type them into the comment section. Uh, and if you find this helpful, share this video. 
there might be folks that you know that could be um, that could benefit from learning about family worship. So, um, Sophia, are there any are there any concerns or comments or questions that we need to look at yet? Okay, good. All right. Um, so you may have heard of Math- Matthew Henry. Uh, he has a wonderful little quote. Um, he says this: "Turn your families into little churches." Uh, and what he meant by that was that um, the regular worship of the Lord among our families is something that should be commonplace among Christians. Um, it shouldn't be the exception, but it should be the norm. Uh, a family is, is, is really a re- reflection of the local church. It's a picture of what the local church is. So my desire is to help people um, to find the blessing in the good work of practicing regular family worship with your wife, with your children, with others that, that live under your, under your roof. Um, and I hope that this video and, and some of the resources that I'll share will um, equip you to do that. Um, so uh, a, a few things that I think that are helpful in that is one, to have some biblical basis for family worship and also to know how family worship was maybe practiced and viewed over, um, over the past several hundred years and even uh, the full history of the of the church. Um, you might be familiar with the 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith. Uh, it's been around for a while, and it's it's used by many churches as their confession. And uh, for me personally, um, I use it as as a, a devotional guide and as a as a as a help to my faith. Um, so this this confession was was produced like several hundred years ago. The framers of it. Um, they said some interesting things in the preface. I wanted to share these with you. Um, the, 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 the original men who wrote it, they did it anonymously because they were under great persecution in, in England uh, by the Church of England. Um, so they, they came together, they formed this document, they did it anonymously, and they, 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 dis, they disseminated it among the churches as a help um, to, the, to the churches. And um, they, they said that this was their desire that all Christians would exercise love and meekness toward each other, live in perfect holiness in the fear of the Lord, each person endeavoring that his manner of life would ordain the gospel. They said, and so this is, this is what they said as the, as the remedy for that. They said that um, here's what we believe will help these problems and help us get to, to have this sort of Christian living. They said, in this backsliding day, may everyone begin at home to reform in the, first, in the first place our own hearts and ways. Verily, there is one spring and cause of the decay of religion in our day, which we cannot but touch upon and earnestly redress of. And that is the neglect of the worship of God in families by those to whom the charge and conduct of them is committed. So that that's a surprising statement that these these men who who put together this really uh, amazing document that has stood the test of time that lays out the Christian faith so wonderfully in their preface they would mention this idea of family worship and the neglect of it being the cause of backsliding in their day. Um, and I asked, when I read that, I asked myself, you know, did these guys really have a warrant to say that? What, what gave them reason to, to, to make that diagnosis? Was that just something that was maybe their culture, their, something that they thought was a big deal, but not really relevant today? And as I um, began to study more deeply, and as I, as I went through my own really conviction and process of practicing family worship, um, I realized that it wasn't a cultural thing. It wasn't just relegated to that time. They were returning um, or issuing a call to return to ancient paths. Uh, Family worship is of the good way that all Christian families should walk in. Um, So the Lord has laid solemn commands on the heads of households to, um, to teach, to catechize, to shepherd, their little flock, and they use a little a phrase in there that that's um, that that struck me. They said, 
that their tender years might be seasoned with the knowledge of the truth of God as revealed in the scriptures. That their tender years might be seasoned with those things. That, that, um, that phrase struck me because I look around. I'm looking around right now at my daughter here and my son Silas who's sitting over there looking at me funny. <laughs> um, they're in their tender years. And um, I'll, sh- I'll share a bit more about this in a moment, but I... I my, for, 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 for several years, I'm ashamed to say, I did not, um, I did not um, complete and pay attention and, and um, uh, give serious time and, and energy to the duty to shepherd them as I should have. Um, praise the Lord, He has brought me to repentance and He's shown me that that is to be primary in my life. And I hope that it becomes primary in your life. So what about the scriptures? What what do the scriptures say about family worship? You're not going to find a verse that says, uh, practice family worship daily. Um, That direct positive command is is not there. Um, But the idea and the principle and the goodness of practicing worship with your family is throughout scripture. Let me share a quote with you uh, from from Charles Spurgeon. Um, He said this, that that the idea of family worship is so much in accord with the genius and spirit of the gospel, and it is so commended by the example of the saints that the neglect thereof is a strange inconsistency. It's a strange inconsistency. Inconsistency. Let that let that phrase let that term kind of fall uh, upon you. Let it rest on your on your shoulders on your ears for a minute. Uh, Spurgeon, who I think probably we all look up to and, and are um, encouraged by and see as an example to us, he said that a a, a family that professes Christ and a, a father, a head of a household that professes Christ, yet does not practice regular family worship. He says that's nothing more to say than that's a strange inconsistency. Something is is off. Um, Consider that Adam and Eve, our first parents, witnessed the sacrifice of an animal to prepare skins to cover their shame, their nakedness. Um, They guarded in their hearts the holiness of God and their own sin sickness. So how did Abel know that without the shedding of blood, there, there is no forgiveness of sins? Well, because his father, Adam, taught him the one true and living God was to be worshiped and was to be worshiped in, in a way that was pleasing to him. Um, the, the, necessity and, and fitness, the necessity and fitness of family worship, it's woven into the very fabric of the biblical narrative. It's not just implied um, as we see in the, the idea of, of uh, Abel and, and, and Genesis 4. But um, it's also quite direct in some, in some places. Listen to what, what the Lord said to Abraham um, when he was at the point of, of destroying Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, should I hide what I'm about to do from Abraham? Abraham is to become a great and powerful nation and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will command his children and his house after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. This is how the Lord will fulfill to Abraham what he promised to him. Now, I'm sure you caught that, but but I want to emphasize there, he says, for I have chosen him so that he will command his children and his house after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. May there be no strange inconsistency among us, brothers and sisters. Um, that inconsistency was a reality in my life for, for a long time. It wasn't that I didn't desire uh, to, to care for my family's spiritual well-being. I just wasn't sure how to go about it. I, I struggled to maintain consistency. Um, it, was, it was really difficult to make it a priority I felt insecure and unsure about how to carry it out. Um, and, and so after years of false starts, by God's grace, 
I, I finally turned my full or almost full attention to this most fundamental of duties as a husband and as a father. One of the recurring difficulties that I had, and, and this may be something that you have struggled with. In fact, it might be something that you're thinking right now. Uh, you might feel inspired or in, in, encouraged or compelled by the gospel and the love of Christ to, to, to teach and to catechize and to lead your family in worship. But then you think, what now? <laughs> How do I move forward? Well, that was, that was a major difficulty and roadblock that I myself had. Um, I, I didn't feel like I had the time every day to prepare an order and content of worship um, that would be adequate, that would be a blessing to my family. Um, and, and, you know, I would try and I would do that from time to time, but it was an overwhelming task. Um, I, and it would often result in, in something that was less than desirable. Um, and unfortunately, sadly, it would often result in, in nothing, in no family worship at all. No gathering my, my little chicks together to um, lift our hearts to the Lord. Now, I'll tell you, it wasn't that I didn't have a desire or, or a burden to care for the souls of, of my wife and children. I, I certainly did. But I, I, needed, I needed something to help me to do it. Um, so here's what I wanted. I wanted something to lead my family in a daily time of worship that consisted in, in Bible, in, in reading, in, uh, um, in prayer, and in singing. And I also wanted to add something that included a basic theological development in them. In other words, I wanted to, them to engage both their hearts and their emotions, but engage their minds, and I wanted them to think deeply and clearly about, about God, about Scripture, about themselves. Uh, nothing I found satisfied my needs, what I thought would be good for my, for my children, um, now I, I will, I will tell you that I'm somewhat picky. <laughs> I, uh, I have a tendency to want to try to, to, um, uh, take things and, and run with it and do it myself. Um, so I, what I'm not trying to say is I'm not trying to say that there are no good resources out there. There certainly are some good resources for family worship. Um, and I'll, I'll share with some of those in the comments afterwards for, for your, for your benefit. Um, there, there are lots of things that have been written, lots of articles. Um, the Free Grace Broadcaster has a whole um, issue on it. Uh, so I'm not saying that there's, there's nothing out there, but I, I couldn't find anything that, that met the niche, the, the, the bit of the corner that I was trying to fill in my life um, with my family. A book that was exactly what I needed that made it quite simple on me to do this. So I started to, to develop a plan. Um, and I want to share with you the plan that, that I developed. It's something that you can use and modify yourself. Um, it's something that, uh, for the most part, I believe, is, is all of these materials that I use are in the public domain so that you can access them freely and make copies of them. For example, the hymns that I use, they're in the public domain. You can access those freely. Um, the, the, the guide that I, that I prepared, it has been picked up by Media Gratier. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a guide to family worship that you, that you can purchase. But I want you to understand, you don't have to go purchase anything to start family worship. Um, you, you need your Bible and your family, and you're ready to go. Now, you might need to learn a song. You might need to, maybe some help with some lyrics. That, that could be helpful as well. But you need your Bible and your family, and you can gather your family for, for worship today. But um, here's, what I want, here's what I do. I want to share with you what I do in family worship, and usually it lasts 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes when we do it. We, we try to do it on a daily basis, uh, usually in the morning, but sometimes in the evening. Our family is, is a, a bit larger, so uh, we have to be flexible at times. Um, so the first thing that we do when we get together is well, we make sure everyone has a Bible and we open it up together to the same spot and we begin to read. Um, we'll, we'll usually read one chapter a day and it's, it's, um, it's already set out for us. So we'll start through a book of the Bible, let's say Mark. So today we'll read Mark chapter 1 and uh, tomorrow Mark 2, Mark 3 until we work our way through the whole Bible, and then we'll, the, through the whole book, and then we'll choose another book of the Bible. 
right now when we're, we are in 1 John, um, just a few minutes ago, we read 1 John chapter, um, what was it, Sophia? 4, yeah, 1 John chapter 4. Tomorrow, tomorrow we'll read chapter 5, and then we'll choose another book to read and work our way through that. Um, what we'll do is um, all the readers in our house, which are all but two, um, and one of those is getting closer by the day, uh, we'll just read a verse at a time and work our way around the room until we finish the chapter. After we read uh, the chapter together, then we'll, we'll look at the memory verse together. Um, today's memory verse was from 1 Timothy, I believe. Um, and we don't, we don't work really hard to try to memorize the verse there in the family worship time. What we do is we simply read it out loud three times. If it's a verse that we have already memorized, then I'll, I might ask someone to try to recite it from memory, but we don't spend a lot of time drilling one another in family worship. Uh, and that's, it, it's not wrong to do that, but I, I'm, one thing that I'm trying to guard against is making family worship um, a, simply a, an exercise in, in gaining knowledge. That's certainly an aspect of it, but I don't want to go too far into that. I, I want to try to keep an attitude and posture of worship, and when we begin to very heavily work on memorizing something, the mood um, and the perspective and the posture shifts to more of a sort of school classroom setting. Um, after the memory verse, then we move straight into the catechism questions. And you heard you heard us mention, uh, or you heard my my boys recite the first eleven or twelve of those. So that that's a that's a catechism that's in the public domain. It's called a catechism for boys and girls. It's a very solid catechism. It's, it's not as large as some of the others, but um, for a, a family that is starting out in family worship and for a family that has young, younger children, it is a, an excellent one to start with because it, has, it starts quite simply and it gets more complex as you go. So there's something there for the littles all the way up to uh, the adults. So we normally do four, five, six questions depending on... Um, what's what is slotted for that day um, in the guide that I made it's it's laid out there's a certain number each day and uh, you work through them all in a month um, but that that catechism is available to you um, after the catechism I think it should be, after the catechism then we jump right into the uh, confession of faith and so I mentioned at the beginning the 1689 um, Baptist confession we actually incorporate that into our family worship. You, you don't have to do that. That is um, something that I've chosen to do as a way to help um, uh, increase the theological engagement during our times of family worship. So, so what, what we do is we take a paragraph from each section um, of, of the whole um, confession. I think there are 32 chapters in the confession. So we basically do a summary of each section every day of the month. So we've combined a couple of those to make it fit. But um, uh, we work through uh, an overview of the confession every month. As we, When the month starts over, then we start the confession over as well. Um, after the confession, then we uh, read a prayer together. Um, and the prayers that I use, uh, before I used um, Valley of the Vision, uh, and then I found out that those actually are not in the public domain. So I left those behind just, I didn't want to, um, we could still use them in our family, but a lot of times I'll, I'll put these on PDFs and share them. I didn't want to violate any copyright. So um, we um, went back and found some writings of, of some devotional, some devotional writings from Puritans who, who had prayers in there. And I took those and I reworked them and, and smoothed them out, changed, updated some of the language. And uh, we will now read through one of those prayers together. Um, for example, the one that I'm looking at right here, this is day four, it's by Robert Hawker. And uh, let me just read a couple lines for you just to give you an idea. It says this, Dear gracious Father, oh, for the grace to contemplate the love you have shown me in the Son. Lord, I would be lost, swallowed up day by day in the unceasing meditation of it. Dearest, blessed, precious Jesus, give me to think of nothing else. Um, this is one of my favorite parts of, of our times of family worship. Um, I, I love to pray. 
Um, and I and I love to read the prayers of of men who have, um, well, who are deeper than than myself. And there are a lot of those out there. <laughs> um, so these these prayers really, for me personally, when we do family worship, it's it's one of the things that truly ministers to me and encourages me. Um, that that one was by Robert Hawker. Again, those prayers are, are in the the public domain. Now those are harder to find. Um, I've compiled some of them that we that we use together here, and and then after we read the prayer, uh, and again we take turns. They're little, the prayers are divided up in sections. We take turns doing that, and then uh, we move into uh, the song. We sing a song together. Um, for example, on that same that same day, it's uh, the love the love of God is greater far by Frederick Lehman, nineteen seventeen. Um, these songs are in the public domain. There are many, many wonderful, solid hymns in the public domain. I've chosen to use hymns um, for my times of family worship, um, not because they're in the public domain, uh, though that's helpful whenever I want to share these things. Uh, I've chosen to use hymns because they are, how can I say this? Um, they're, they're deeper, to be quite honest. They're more theologically rich than the majority of, of contemporary Christian music. I want my children to sing songs day after day after day that will grow in them, if that makes sense. Uh, maybe it doesn't. What I mean by that is when, when my um, six-year-old, Simeon, for example, when he, when he reads or when he sings, uh, let me see here. Uh, okay, so the first two lines of this song, the love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. Uh, chances are my son Simeon, when he sings that song on uh, May the 4th, whenever that comes up next next month, he's not going to fully comprehend those words. But as we sing them, sing this song month after month and year after year and decade after decade, he, his faith will grow into, Lord willing, will grow into these deep theological concepts. Uh, and he, they will continue to nourish his soul um, long after he leaves this nest. That's why we sing uh, those songs. And you might hear my little guy crying back there. I, I warned you at the beginning <laughs> that uh, a family worship uh, workshop works best in context of family. So um, uh, let me mention, if, if you're just jumping in with us, I, I'm Ryan Bush, president of Didache Institutes, and we're, we're looking at family worship today. And, and really, I'm sharing with you what I do uh, whenever I conduct family worship um, with with my wife and and little ones, um, so that that's the basic outline of how we how we conduct family worship. Now there are a few things that I want to to give you a, a warning about um, uh, that that will be helpful to you, I think, um, and I, and I want to encourage you that I know. Um, if you are across the, the, the ocean, if you're in Africa or Europe, um, that you, it's the evening time for you. It might be coming up on 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, maybe a bit earlier. Um, you might leave this, this time of, of training and go immediately and, and do family worship with your, with your wife and children. I encourage you to do that. But, but I encourage you to, to heed this counsel. Start slow. Uh, don't... If your family isn't used to doing this sort of thing, don't force them to become professional family worshipers from from day one. Um, don't don't go and expect them to to understand how this all works together and how they can um, how they should conduct themselves and how to do the song and how to do the questions. It takes time. Um, they have to learn how to interact in this way and learn how to come to family worship with their minds and their hearts ready. So start slow. Um, you might even simply gather them together tonight and just simply pray with them and maybe sing one verse of, of one song that they know and, and tell them that you are going to begin to lead them in daily times of family worship. And tomorrow night, 
do it again, but maybe a bit longer. Add in a Bible verse. Start slow. Um, here's a second bit of counsel. Uh, beware of becoming a tyrant. Beware of becoming a tyrant. <laughs> what I mean by that is, uh, it, I, I know you would never intend to become a, t a tyrannical ruler uh, instead of a, of a kind and, and gracious shepherd, um, but it can happen a lot easier than you think. Um, so be, be careful not to allow... Um, your expectations or your frustration, or maybe if you have sin in your own heart about this or about something else, don't let it overflow into your own family, your own times of worship, and it become a, a burden to your family instead of a great joy. So beware of becoming a tyrant um, uh, where, where it is a, a situation where your children are, and your wife, um, instead of experiencing the joy of it, experience um, maybe the the unpleasant side of, of, of your personality or of, of your sin. Uh, one more bit of, of counsel. Um, don't throw in the towel. Keep going. Uh, it, is, it is difficult. Um, I'll tell you that um, as, time, uh, as time goes by, it gets easier but at the beginning, generally what happens is it's, it's fun, um, it's enjoyable, maybe it's exciting. Uh, maybe the kids are excited about it and the wife. Um, after a few days or a week or two, it's likely to become somewhat burdensome. Uh, it will get difficult for a time. You must press through when that happens. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Your, your family's souls are worth the effort. If a time of family worship goes bad, if, if something difficult happens, um, then uh, simply end the time of family worship. Not angrily, not hatefully, not spitefully, but simply end the time of family worship. And then um, uh, go to your prayer closet by yourself. Seek the face of the Lord. Get your heart right um, before the Lord. Um, re rehearse the gospel to yourself. And then... Uh, go and have family worship the next day with your family again. Okay, um, I hope that you're sensing a theme here with, uh, with those last few comments because family worship, it's, it, is, uh, it is what you do. It's, it's the content that is very, very important, but um, it's also the heart of the shepherd. If you are the father, the husband in your house, you are the shepherd of that house. Um, I shared with you a, a couple of biblical examples at the beginning. There are many more that um, maybe I can share with you in the future if, if that's something that, is, that would be beneficial to you. Um, but you, if you are the father or the husband in, in your home, then, then it is your responsibility and your duty to care for uh, the souls of your family. Be merciful to your little flock. Deal with tender ones with gentleness. I, I want to share a quote with you from uh, Richard uh, Sibes, or Sibs, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but he, he says this, um, he says, now he's talking to preachers, he says preachers, he's talking to pastors, he says this, preachers need to take heed, therefore, how they deal with young believers. Let them be careful not to pitch matters too high, making things necessary evidences of grace which agree not to the experience of many a good Christian, and laying salvation and damnation upon things that are not fit to bear so great a weight. In this way, men are needlessly cast down and may not soon be raised up again by themselves or others. The ambassadors of, of so gentle a Savior should not be overbearing, setting up themselves in the hearts of people where Christ alone should sit, as in his own temple. So, um, the, this is the, the, the quote I want you to remember. The ambassadors of so gentle a Savior should not be overbearing, setting up themselves in the hearts of people where Christ alone should sit as in his own temple. Uh, men, 
Be merciful to your little flock. Bear with them. Be kind, be gentle, be compassionate. Share the truth with them. Um, Be consistent with family worship. Be a leader, but be kind and be gentle and be compassionate. Be merciful toward your little flock. Remember, shepherding your wife and your children isn't, it's not only considering the consistency and, and the content of family worship, but it's how you speak to them, uh, the amount of time you spend at their side throughout the day, the affection um, that you show um, toward them, and the, the joy that you take in them. Uh, family worship should not be the only time that they experience their father, their husband, shepherding them. That should be a punctuation on your gentle shepherding that takes place all the day long. The impact your, your spiritual care for your family will have upon your children, your grandchildren, um, those under your care, uh, it, it will be immeasurable. The effort is, is worth it. Um, okay, yes, thank you. Thank you, Brother Mike. Uh, Richard Sibbs, not Sibbs, Richard Sibbs. Thank you, sir. Um, one other testimony that I want to give to you that's not mine, um, but of, of, of a, a man named D.A. Carson. Um, he shares a, a, this from, from one of his books that, that was moving to me and actually was, was one of the, the first things that I read that really made me consider uh, seriously what, what I was doing in terms of shepherding my family and what my kids would see and remember about me. Um, let me read this to you. It says this, In the ranks of theological hierarchies, my father is not a great man. He has never served a large church, never written a book, never discharged the duties of high denomination, uh, of high denominational office. Doubtless, his praying, too, embraces idioms and stylistic idiosyncrasies that should not be copied. But with great gratitude to God, I testify that my parents were not hypocrites. Let me read that again. This is D.A. Carson talking, and he says, But with great gratitude to God, I testify that my parents were not hypocrites. That is the worst possible heritage to leave with children. High spiritual pretensions and low performance. My parents were the opposite. Few pretensions and disciplined performance. What they prayed for were the important things, the things that congregate around the prayers of Scripture. And sometimes when I look at my own children, I wonder if, should the Lord give us another 30 years, they will remember their father as a man of prayer or think of him as someone distant who was always from home, rather rather a lot, and who wrote a number of obscure books. That quiet reflection often helps me to order my days. That's D.A. Carson from his book, A Call to Spiritual Reformation. Um, I want that, that quiet reflection to, to help you order your days and help me order my days. It might mean you having to leave behind uh, a responsibility that you've taken up. It might mean having to leave behind a hobby Uh, It will take selfless sacrifice, but investing in your family through regular family worship uh, is worth the cost. Um, I can testify to that personally, and um, Scripture exhorts us to that end. Okay, Um, now if if you have any questions or comments, if if you have any any, um, other resources that you think would be beneficial to this conversation, please, please um, add them to the comments list. Uh, if you have any personal experiences um, or any strategies or anything that you've, you've done, any testimonies that would be helpful to those who might see this video now or, or later, um, please share those in the comments um, if, you, if you would. Um, one other thing I want to share with you 
as we uh, finish our time here. I mentioned it earlier, but I, I want to encourage you to look look for it if you'd like, and um, actually two resources. The first one is an issue of the Free Grace Broadcaster. I've printed it off, so I'll just show you the, the top page here. It is uh, issue number 188. This is free for you to download, and um, it's available on their website. I, I don't know the name of the website exactly, but if you will just uh, if you'll just Google Free Grace Broadcaster, and if you even put Family Worship next to it, it will probably pop right up. Um, it's uh, let me see how many pages. It's about 50, uh, 60 pages of writings from from church history from. Um, the past several hundred years dealing with family worship. I, I have found this resource to be tremendously helpful in my, uh, in my own study, in my own life, and it's been great encouragement for me. The second resource I want to show you is um, this book. It's by Donald Whitney. Um, it's simply entitled Family Worship. What of... <laughs> And I, I appreciate Donald Whitney's work. Um, I'm sharing his book with you, obviously. I will say the picture on the front might not be the best representation of family worship. Um, <laughs> rarely, uh, never has my table during family worship or really any other time looked so um, neat and clean. But I will say that this little volume, it is about, uh, it's about 70 pages. Is, uh, it's a wonderful help. And I believe, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe that this, that book is available in PDF form for free. I, d I don't think it's being printed anymore. Maybe it is. I could be getting this all wrong. But I, I think it's free, PDF. Um, and I will even, I'll try to, to look it up afterwards and um, uh, post it on the, in the comments. Okay, two more Two more resources that will represent a general uh, body of resources that could be helpful to you. Um, and then uh, we'll see if there's anything that, that needs to be addressed. Um, you'll see, I quoted uh, The Bruised Reed uh, by Richard Sibbs. Thank you, Mike. And um, this is another book, The Reformed Pastor. I don't know if you can see that there clearly, but. Um, these are two works by Puritan writers, both pastors, and these books are two pastors. Now, you might be thinking, well, I'm, I'm not a pastor. <laughs> well, if you are a follower of Christ and you are, um, have been entrusted with a wife and um, with just a wife and maybe also children, then you are a pastor. You are a shepherd. Um, so, I have found these books to be tremendously helpful to me as I shepherd my family. I, I am not a pastor. I'm not an elder in a church. I'm simply a member in a church, but I do shepherd my family. And these, these books um, have been helpful to me to know how to shepherd them faithfully. Just like the passage I read you a moment ago about being merciful to your little flock, um, that is a is a passage that's helped shape the way that I interact with my family and um, that has helped me to, um, to shepherd them well. Okay, Sophia, is there a... You can talk. It's okay to talk out loud. Sophia. Okay, um, I see a couple of things. Let me mention, um, for those of you who have stuck with me this long, um, thank you. Um, uh, I see a... A comment from looks like Hemix uh, Peculiar Dunamis. That is a, uh, that is a an interesting name, brother. He's watching from Zambia. Um, welcome, welcome, brother. Um, Christy Sosa said, "My four-year-old is shy about praying." And hey, Christy, I hope you're doing well, sister. Um, Christy is was a member of the church that I that I did. I was a shepherd. I was a pastor of a local church in Memphis, Tennessee. And Christy was a member there, her and her little family. Um, hola, Christy. Gusto verte. Um, so she says that her, her four-year-old is shy about praying. Um, so the only counsel I would give to that is 
that's okay. Um, I, I'm guessing probably that her four-year-old has not um, made a profession of faith. It probably has not um, is is not a member of the church yet. Um, maybe he has, but but um, I, I would say with children, uh, the, the best route is to encourage them to pray, encourage them to take part in these things. Um, but if they're shy about it, if they're uncertain about it. Um, don't force it and don't worry. Don't stress um, at, at this time. Now, if, if he gets older and he's 8, 9, 10, 11 and he still won't pray, um, then, then there's, I think there is something to worry about. But um, at that point, while they're still very young and so tender, the best thing that you can do there is, is pray in front of him. Pray for him. His father praying in front of him, modeling what it is to talk to the Lord. Um, my son Simeon or Seth here that prayed earlier, he, it's something that he took to. Now, I'll tell you that his prayers, they're not the most theologically sound <laughs> things you've ever heard. And that's when you can actually make out what he's saying. Um, don't worry about that. Be a model before them and, and, and pray for him that the Lord would help grow him as you guys minister to him. Um, let's see. Miss um, Sue says hello from CrossFit, Arkansas. Hey, Sue. Hey, Nanny. How are you? It's my family there. Uh, Legrand says, hello. Um, Tony Adams from Uganda. Hello, Tony. How are you, brother? Um, from South India, Jagan. Um, let's see here. I'm not showing all my comments. Um, Francis Kassane, investing in my family. Worship, as you said, should be my priority as a Christian. Um, good, Francis. Yeah, yes, sir. That's, that is... That is what I'm saying, brother. Um, let ministering be your um, to your family be priority. That is your first flock. If you are a uh, if you are a pastor, your first flock is your family. Uh, Deny Warden, um, good to see you, Deny. Deny also um, helped, I believe, for a time before they moved in Memphis with our with our Spanish church plant. Um, if anyone else has a question or a comment or something they'd like to add to the conversation, please, uh, please do so. Um, I need you to tell me. Your name. Minister is asking me who's the author of family worship. Okay, um, who's that? Who asked that? I don't. I'm not seeing those comments. Will you? Sharon Brown. She's asking. Okay, Sharon Brown. Yeah. Um, so if you're talking, Sharon. Um, yeah, if you're talking about this book, which I believe you are, family worship. It is um, Donald S. Whitney. And if you will, uh, I think if you'll just Google that, um, and maybe even Google PDF. I think that Crossway has made it available for free as a PDF, so you can um, maybe even download it. And Sharon, if you can't find it and you want it, let me know. And you're welcome to borrow. Sharon is a, is a fellow church member at uh, Tumbling Shoals Baptist Church with me. So I see her often, though I'm not seeing her much now. Um, is there another so, question? Just uh, will you read it to me, Sophia. Could you also share the Puritan prayers? Who Who's asking that? Kevin. All right, Kevin uh, Murithi. Hey, Kevin. So Kevin Morithi asked if I could share the Puritan prayers. Kevin, I, I absolutely can share um, some of the Puritan prayers with you. Um, probably the best way to do that is for you to email me. So I'll put my email address in the comments. I'll just reply to your comment afterwards. And uh, if you will email me, I'll, I'll share those with you. Okay, is there another? Okay, yeah, you're welcome, Christy. You're welcome. De nada. Okay, any other questions or comments before we uh, wrap up our time? Anything else you'd like to know about my family or how we conduct family worship or anything about the resources that could be beneficial to you? I'm just sitting here waiting. Silas, come here. Let me introduce you. You haven't been. You need to meet uh, Silas. He hasn't been on camera yet. This is uh, Silas Dean Bush. Silas hey. is, uh, how old are you now? Nine. He's nine. Um, Silas and Sophia actually went with me to Kenya in February, just a few months ago. 
and they assisted me in a time of teaching family worship for a group of pastors there. Uh, and so we, we set up a little table and we sat together in a, in a circle and we, we modeled what family worship looked like, looks like in our house for the group of pastors there. And yeah. Silas did a good job at Thank it. You. <laughs> if you have any questions for Silas, you can, you can ask him. Uh, you, you can ask him as well. What's that? Oh, will you come in? Oh, I did. I did. Um, okay. All right. Sophia, is there anything else we need to address before we close out our time? Any other comments or anything? Miss Sharon said, would you also say a time of routines to... Would you also set a time of formality for teens to do this? A time of formality for teens. Um, if you mean, Miss Sharon, if you mean, um, uh, what, do you th what, is, what do you think she means? Um, well, okay, so Miss Sharon, if you, if, you, if you mean should teens be required to be a part, uh, I, I would say yes. I, I, no, I don't, I've only got one teen, Sophia, sitting right here. She's being a little bit shy. Um, she, um, she's the only teen that I have, and she's just barely a teen, and she's a very, very compliant and obedient teen. Um, I know your teen, Miss Sharon, and, and um, she's a lot of trouble. No, I'm totally kidding. Miss <laughs> um, uh, Sharon's teen is a wonderful young lady who loves the Lord. Um, but I, I, yes, so Miss Sharon, I think family worship should be formal. Um, so whenever we start a time of family worship, uh, we have a set routine that we go through. Um, I ask the children and, um, and my wife, we have a certain standard of behavior, if that makes sense. Like we cut out the horseplay, we cut out the silliness for the most part, and we, I try to direct their hearts toward the seriousness and the greatness of the Lord. Um, and it's, it is a formal time and it's, it's a, it's a set time in that we set the time each day. We don't do it at the exact same time every day. But yeah, um, also one other thing I want to mention, and this came out in the last Q&A that we did, family worship is not children's church. Uh, this, the, the point of family worship is not to do something for the children. The point of family worship is not the children. The point of family worship is the Lord. It's God. Um, you gather your family, you gather your children, your wife, in order to direct, to direct their minds and their hearts to the Lord. It's not to provide activities and a fun time and something interesting that your kids will like. It, that is not, that's not the idea of family worship. Now, you, you, do, you do want to do things that will be meaningful to them, and, and by that I mean not, not be so complex or difficult or long where they lose attention or there's no understanding. But, um, you know, we don't, we don't do coloring sheets. We don't do um, silly, um, silly kid songs with a lot, of, a lot of motions or anything like that. Uh, uh, sometimes with my youngest, my three-year-old, he will have something in his hands to kind of keep him somewhat occupied, but, but uh, we keep it... Um, Fairly serious and, and fairly formal. Now, again, I have five children, four, four boys. So there is, no doubt, there's the regular out, outburst of, of silliness. And, and I, don't, I don't try to come down hard on that. I simply try to rein things in and get back on track. Okay, Sophia, anything else that we need to look at? Yes, Sam, Curry, thank you so much, Bridge Family, for teaching us how to have fellowship with our family. I appreciate it. We love you guys. Okay, Yesenia. Um, hey, Yesenia, and Yesenia is, I think it's the Yesenia I'm thinking of. Yeah, I think Yesenia, the sister of Denai, another viewer here. And those two sisters um, are uh, like family to us, though I haven't seen them in a long time, but we spent many, 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 many hours with them in Peru when I lived there. So good to see you, hermanitas. Okay, um, let's wrap up our time together today. I, I appreciate you being with me. I hope this has been beneficial to you. Um, if you have further questions, as I mentioned, I'll put my email address, or you can direct message me on Facebook, but I'll put my email address there in the comments. Um, if this is beneficial, please share it with others. Uh, if, if you're interested in uh, these resources, let me know. If, if you're interested in the resource that I've created, let me know, and I'll direct you toward that. Um, and 
um, and last and most importantly, um, shepherd the little flock that's been placed in your care. Um, if there's interest and, uh, and I have the ability, we'll do another one of these in a, in a couple of weeks or so. Um, you might have questions at that point. You might have tried it at that point and have some, some things that you need to ask me and, and maybe we could do that then. You're, you're free to contact me at any time. Let me give thanks for our time and then we'll close it down. Lord, thank you for uh, the folks that have, have been viewing this today and those that will view it in the future. Uh, Lord, you know I'm, I am a, uh, I'm a crooked stick. Uh, I'm a weak, weak, broken vessel. Um, and it's only by your grace that I'm alive and that I'm saved and that I have anything at all to offer these people. And what I have to offer is not, nothing new. It's what you've commanded us. It's what you've shown us. Lord, I pray that uh, it will be useful to them as they consider how they might shepherd their own families. And Lord, I pray that uh, even through this, there might be some friendships and then some partnerships developed and some, some mutual accountability as we seek to shepherd our families well in this world. In the short time that we have here, Lord, um, help us to direct our families toward the narrow gate, toward heaven. Um, Lord, we pray all these things through, in Christ who has rescued us from death, from hell, from, from the wrath that we deserved. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, yes. Can you share some of the hymns that you sing with your family? Okay, yeah. Um, so Denai asked if I could share some hymns. Um, there are 30 hymns that we share, I mean, sorry, that we sing. Um, they're all included in the, in, the, in the resource that I've put together. I don't know them. Uh, I don't have it with me. So let me just read what I, what I printed off. I ask the Lord that I might grow by John Newton. Great is thy faithfulness. I'm sure you know that one. Um, and Can It Be by Charles Wesley. Afflicted Saint to Christ Draw Near by John Fawcett. And The Love of God is Greater Far by Frederick M. Lehman. Um, oh, I will tell you, uh, Deny, this might be helpful. I, I've, we've put together a, a Spotify playlist that accompanies the, the family worship book. Um, so all the song, all 30 songs that are included in the family worship book, they're on a playlist in Spotify that you can access. It's you can subscribe to it for for free as, as long as you have Spotify, and also a list of all the YouTube links that that are also those same songs. If you don't have Spotify, you can just access them on on YouTube. Very often, my family will sing that way. We'll sing along with one of those um, with with the Spotify over a speaker. Um, sometimes we'll sing a cappella. Sometimes my wife plays the piano with us. Sometimes I play guitar. So there's a, there's a variety of ways that we we um, sing these songs together. Um, Emily Reed said, "Very blessed by this time, Ryan and Jason." And then Denise said, "Thank you so much for this very encouraging blessing to your family." Ryan hugs to Amanda and you all. Okay, thank you, Denise. Thank you, Emily. Miss Emily, good to good to hear from you. Um, Brother Mike, greetings to the church there in, in Davenport. Um, okay, y'all, uh, thank you for being with me. I'm going to go ahead and get up and walk around and, and cut this off. I hope it's been beneficial to you. Let me know if I can, if I can help in any way. Yeah. Do you know how to do it? Just finish. Mm-hmm.